Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. You know, when I don't hear anything, I feel like I, uh, I'm under pressure to raise the dead. So uh, it just makes me go longer because, so uh, anyway. Thank you, Lord. Well, if you uh, think God doesn't laugh, read Psalm 2. He sits in heaven and laughs. Of course, this might not be what you're thinking about, but he does laugh. I want to tell a, uh, I want I have a message for you today, but uh, I've kind of been keeping a secret from you. I, I want to tell my little life story, not the whole thing. <laughs> I don't want to tell my whole life story, but I do want to tell you about the faithfulness of God, and I appreciated this morning, of course, you know, the this almost sounds like a broken record, but, uh, you know, when, uh, come on, he doesn't even recognize my face. All right. Um, God, yeah, God is faithful. One of the things that uh, in the... Um, one of the songs, I like to call them messages because that's really what they are. We're just singing them. Even when we don't see him, he's working. Even when we don't see him, he's working. You know, you might be in the midst of trouble, but he's working. You know, how many of you like the 23rd Psalm? Or not the 23rd Psalm, the 91st Psalm. All of it, yeah. It says, I will be with you in trouble. How many of you like the Lord to be with you? Well, he's even with you in trouble. And even when you don't feel like he's there, you don't sense he's there, you don't have that goose bump, you don't have that loving feeling because you lost the loving feeling. He's still there and he's still working. I kind of wanted to sing today, but I'm going to spare you. Thank you, Lord. So my message to you today is, uh, great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Lord, unto me. Of course, if you're sitting there, you could say, Lord, great is your faithfulness, Lord, unto me. So this isn't just uh, exclusively for me. It's also for everybody in this room. But it's what you decide to receive for yourself. How many of you believe that you can receive what God has for you? Thank you, Lord. Well, talking about the faithfulness of God, the faithfulness of God is his trustworthiness. 
a commitment to keep his promises to his people. His commitment to keep his promises to his people. Now, the scripture says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2, all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Let me just break that down a little bit. How many of you have read a promise in the scripture and you say, I wish that would apply to me? Lisa, the scripture says that all the promises of God in him are yes. Even the ones that you might think, well, they don't happen today. Even the ones you think that, well, maybe it's, uh, it was for another time, or maybe it's for the future, or maybe it's for somebody else, or maybe it's for uh, people that are a little more righteous than I am. No, he said all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, amen is so be it to the glory of God. It's not just you receiving your promise is God receiving glory because he has answered a promise to you. You know, God gets glory from him answering promises that we are standing on and believing for. Thank you, Jesus. I want to tell my testimony a little bit later on, so I'm just going to give you some scriptures, say scriptures. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. You know, I had some, uh, God talks to me during the worship. He doesn't let me alone. So if you see me on my phone, I'm not texting. I'm not reading Newsmax. I'm not reading, you know, I'm not doing any of that stuff. I am down, I'm getting downloads. So... Like, this, uh, like I mentioned before, even when we don't see him, he's working. In John chapter 5, Jesus said, my father is always working. Always. My father is always working and I am also working. You know, you thought that after God created the earth and he sat down on the seventh day, you thought he hasn't done anything since. No, but Jesus says, my father is always working. He's working on your behalf. He's working to see that his plans are fulfilled. Thank you, Jesus. Bless the Lord. Another thing, uh, you know, so, uh, I don't know if somebody was thinking this, but a thought came to me, so I'm going to relate it. Uh, you know, when, when you're lifting up Jesus, it's not hype. When you're lifting up Jesus, it's not hype. You know, I wish I could hype. I can't hype. You know, it's hard enough for me to get out of bed sometimes. You know, hype is when you try to stir people's emotions. You try to stir them up so that they can you know, get all excited. But when, you're, but when you're lifting up Jesus, it's not hyping up. You know, uh, we, I, 
I don't believe we can even get close to what heaven, heaven's like in worship. I don't believe we can shout loud enough, sing loud enough, jump high enough, do cartwheels. You know, if I could do what I see in my mind, <laughs> you think, man, this is a crazy church. I'd swing from the chandeliers, but we don't have any. I guess we could, I could try the fans, but you know, yeah. how many of you in your, when you're worshiping God, you see yourself doing more than what you can actually do? Well, that's the way I, that, that's the way I am when I'm worshiping God. I see myself doing things, but like the, like the saying says, uh, the reason old men get hurt is because they still believe they're young men. <laughs> so... Anyway, thank you, Jesus. Well, so all the promises of God are in him are yes and amen to the glory of God through us. You know, God can't answer a promise unless it's through you. Because the promise is to you, so if it's going to manifest, it's got to be through you. So God delights, God gets glory. Do you know God gets glory? When he answers a promise to you, when you're blessed, when you're saved, when you're healed, when you're delivered, whatever he's doing in your life, God gets glory for. Read the Bible. We can see that God gets the glory. Well, in Psalm chapter 40, verse 9, it says, I have preached righteousness in the great congregation, actually, this is a prophetic word concerning Jesus. This is, a, this is a prophecy speaking of Jesus, but I think we can relate it to ourselves. It says, I have preached righteousness in the great congregation, and I have not reframed my lips. O Lord, thou knowest, I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. You know, it's one thing to know the righteousness of God, but we got to show the righteousness of God. You got you to not only know, you got to show, especially me. I'm from Missouri. You know what Missouri is? It's a show me state. You show me or I'm not going to believe it. Oh, I've gotten past that. But he says, I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I'm not going to stop. I am not going to stop declaring God's faithfulness. You know, I, I, I just wrote a little list at the end. I'm not going to cover it. But I wrote a list of just, the, just the, the testimonies I could tell you of how God actually saved my life. Have you ever had those moments when you were that close to eternity? That close to eternity and God comes in and spares you, saves you, just takes you out of the situation. 
He says, I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. Now, again, that's speaking of Jesus, but that should also be speaking of us also, that we would not hide the loving kindness. You know, some of you have testimonies you've never shared. And I'm not talking about getting up in front of a crowd, just sharing with someone on a one-on-one basis to where you share the good news of Jesus, how you share how he saved you, healed you, delivered you, how he got you out of a situation. Thank you, Jesus. Are you still here? Hallelujah. I'm beginning to think, where's the body? (laughs) Come out. Wake up. Jesus said, the scripture says, wake up thou that sleepest. Arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee life. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. You know, I was reading in Revelation yesterday. And it said there's, in this one chapter, it says there's 30, 30 minutes of silence in heaven. Now think about that for a moment. Out of all eternity, there's 30 30 minutes of silence. That's for those of you that are quiet, so you can just get you used to it. (laughs) Then all of a sudden, it breaks loose. Hallelujah. It goes on to say, he says, Withhold not thy tender mercies from me, O Lord, and thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. I want to read also from Psalm 89, verse 1. This is another messianic promise, but it applies to us. He says, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness. To all generations, uh, he says, for I have said mercy shall be built up forever he says, thy faithfulness, shall, uh, thy faithfulness shalt thou establish in, uh, in the very heavens. I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn unto David, my servant, and the heavens shall praise thy wonders, O Lord, thy faithfulness also in the congregation. I got news for you. Once the... Once Once the service is over and you leave, the congregation doesn't break up. You are still part of the congregation. And he's still showing his faithfulness. He's still showing his loving kindness. He's still showing his mercy. But notice here also, he says, With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. I want you to know that your mouth... Your mouth activates the faithfulness of God. Now, God originally shows his faithfulness. God originally shows his mercy. But as we continue to open our mouths and tell tell of God's faithfulness, then it happens over and over and over again. God's mercy continues to happen over and over and over again as we tell about his faithfulness, as we tell about his mercy. Your mouth 
It either releases life or it releases death. So I'm going to tell about his faithfulness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Say, with my mouth, I will make known thy faithfulness to all generations. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Do you know, some of us think that um, when we see a promise of God, it's just automatic. It's just automatic. You know, there's the promise. God says he's going to do it, and if he wants to do it, he's going to do it. If God, gives, if God said something, he's going to do it, right? But he also needs your cooperation. You know, uh, how many, how many, you know, uh, one time I was, uh, I was preaching, and I said, well, you know, turn to th John 3.16. Well, everybody knows John 3.16. And I went to visit somebody, and they said, you know, Pastor, not everybody knows John 3.16. So sometimes we take for granted what people know. We take for granted what people know. So... What I was, the reason I said that is uh, because I was going to say, well, you know that the children of Israel were 70 years in captivity. How many of you know that? You know it now. They were 70 years, in a, they were in 70 years of captivity in Babylon, but God had promised through Jeremiah, Jeremiah was the prophet before they went into uh, exile, Daniel, who was in Babylon, he found the prophecy of Jeremiah that the Israelites would be 70 years in captivity. And then at that point, he began to pray and repent and remind God of his promises. Prophecies and promises require attention. They require your attention. If you leave a prophecy alone, if you leave a promise alone, you'll be alone. You have got to take the promise of God, God says, to remind me and to put me in remembrance. Now, do you think God has a bad memory? He doesn't have a bad memory, but he wants each of us to be involved in what he's doing. Do you think that God knows that you have a need? I mean, do you, re do you really think, yeah, hey, God, uh, I'm down here. Don't you see what, don't you see the needs I got? Don't you see what I have to do? Don't you, do what, don't you see what I need to pay? Don't you think God knows that? But the reality is, is the only time you ever talk to God is when you ask him for something. But the reality is, is we need to be in constant communication with him. But Daniel finds this prophecy and he begins to pray and he begins to, to remind God and he begins to repent. And shortly after that, God releases, this has never happened before, by the way, God releases a nation to go, the nation of Israel to go back to go back to the promised land. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you like for God to talk to you at night? 
God wants to talk to you in your dreams. He says in Psalm 92, verse 1, he says, It is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. He says, To show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. If you want God to be talking to you at night, don't go to bed, don't go to sleep after watching the news. No, you need to remind yourself of the faithfulness of God. You need to remind yourself of his loving kindness and his tender mercies because if you don't, you're going to be dreaming. You're going to be dreaming about what you went to bed with on your mind. Thank you, Lord. So if you would like for God to start speaking to you at night in your dreams, then start talking about his faithfulness before you go to bed. Start rehearsing. If you want good things in the day, he says, talk about his loving kindness in the morning. I guess that cuts out the morning show. But he says, talk about his loving kindness in the morning and his faithfulness every night. Because when you talk about his loving kindness in the morning, you'll have something to talk about in the evening. Just a thought. Well, Pastor, I don't know if I agree with that. Oh, okay. There's them to have it and them's that don't. Anyway. He goes on to say, well, I'll read that again. He says, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. He says, and upon an instrument of ten strings and upon the psaltery, he said, upon the harp uh, with a solemn sound, for, for thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. Well, Hallelujah. My wife said, good, how, that's good, so I'm, I'm in good standing today. He says, I will, he says, I will triumph in the works of thy hands. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't get victories because we're, we're that good. I have a testimony to tell you today, and it's not just because I faithed it out. It's because of God's faithfulness. It's because of God's faithfulness. Well, let's just get to it. Oh, man. Um, about 10, how many of you know I was in the Navy? My job was, uh, I was an engineer. That means a boiler. Uh, I was a boiler tech. That means I worked around boilers. I worked around asbestos. And so anyway, about 10 years ago, uh, I needed corrective surgery for my eye. It looked like it was looking at my left ear. <laughs> so um, they wanted to do a series of tests because my blood pressure was low. They didn't want me to die on the table. So anyway, I had to do a bunch of tests. And so anyway, the, uh, they did x-rays, and they found a spot on my lung. And so I said, well, we'll just watch it. It's no problem. So anyway, in March of this year, 
uh, every time I'd try to take a deep breath, I'd get pain shooting in my, in my left lung. And so, you know, and then I lost some weight and it went away. So anyway, I go to, uh, I have regular appointments with the VA doctor. So anyway, I was telling my VA caregiver, I said, uh, you know, back in March, I was uh, trying to breathe deeply and I'd get pain in my chest and she like flipped out like, man, you could be terminal, you know, because of the asbestos. So anyway, she arranged a CAT scan. And so I did the CAT scan and uh, they didn't say, well, she says, I'm gonna send you to a, a pulmonary doctor. And so he, he looks at the CAT scan and he says, well, I see swelling and inflammation. The reason I'm laughing is because this always happens, but he says, man, it looks like you've been abused. Your ribs are all broken, were broken. And one time somebody asked me if my wife beat me. <laughs> but I, I said, no, that's from right, falling off of bicycles. So anyway, and that's the story with that too, but don't have time. So anyway, um, he sees that, and uh, he sees the inflammation, and he says, yeah, I can see the asbestos in there. And uh, he says, I'd like to have you do a pet cat scan. He says, that's where they inject radioactive sugar. You know, I couldn't grow a beard until after I got that radioactive sugar, and then, whoa! <laughs> so if you want to grow, who knows? Who knows where hair will grow, you know? But anyway, so I went and I did that cat's injected radioactive sugar in my veins. <laughs> but, but anyway, and then had to go through this cat scan for over an hour. And so anyway, after that was over, uh, you know, he, we go, I go back to see him and he says, well, he says, there's, there's not much, but I see activity. Well, I would think, yeah, if you have radioactive sugar, there would be activity, wouldn't you think so? <laughs> but he says, uh, you know, if a doctor says we're just going to do that, just does, isn't defined the same way by them as you. He says, well, I want you to do a lung biopsy. You know, I was gone for a week there a while back. So anyway, I went in for a lung biopsy, and when I woke up, I couldn't move. And I'm thinking, this isn't, this just is not just like I thought. And I'm just trying to move and I couldn't move. But anyway, they went, they stuck a couple of knives in my side, twisted the, uh, the ribs so they could get their camera, lights action camera, their probe, pick stuff out. And so anyway, uh, I won't, sh I'll spare you some of the gory details, but. Anyway, I got, out, uh, I got out of the hospital, and uh, the doctor calls me and said it's all negative. Now, negative is positive. That means no cancer. 
Hallelujah. And you know what? Uh, I just had such a peace. I had a peace that passes all understanding. You know, my, my wife and kids thought I was just resigned to well, just go on to heaven. You know, heaven's not a bad place. Is it? Everybody wants to go to heaven, not today. Thank you, Lord. So God is faithful. I mean, I don't care where you're at. He says, I will be with you in trouble. I will be with you in trouble. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, didn't the doctor say something to you about it looks all pink in there? You know, if you got pink lungs on the inside, it's good. It's a good thing. So anyway, let's get back to the scriptures. Is that all right? All right. So, well, I missed one. I don't want to miss this one. You know, God is faithful when you stray. God's faithful when you stray. You know what stray means? That means get out of his will. I'm going to do my thing. It's your thing. Do what you want to do. No, that's called strain. When you do what you want to do, you're strain. He goes, uh, it says in Psalm 119, verse 47, he says, he says, Thy they that fear thee will be glad when they see me, because I have hoped in your word. I know, O Lord, thy judgments are right, and thou art faithful, and that thou in faithfulness has afflicted me. Now, let me just say this. This is my personal belief. And I look at it in Scripture. But I don't think God's afflicting us with sickness and disease. I might as well go back and tell you a story. You know, I told you about my broken ribs. Um, you know, I've matured a lot over the, <laughs> over the years. And I broke my ribs at least twice. Uh, probably three or four times. But just about every time I did, I was in an argument with my wife and I wouldn't talk to her. <laughs> Who's preaching this message, me or you? <laughs> I remember one time I had amnesia. My helmet was broken, and I, did, I didn't even know where I was. I'm on a bike ride by myself in Gettysburg. And all I knew is I was married and had two kids. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that was uh, on a little vacation. On an anniversary <laughs> vacation. Don't you... With my bicycle, I was riding away from her. <laughs> so let me, with that in mind, 
Oh, I forgot. What did he say? Oh, that was another time. I'll read that again with what I just told you in context. I better get over here. I, I'm neglecting these people over here. It's, uh, yeah, you better listen to this. <laughs> he says, I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right and that thou, ha- and that thou in thy faithfulness has afflicted me. Thou in thy faithfulness has afflicted me. Thank you, Lord. Let I pray thee thy merciful kindness be my comfort according to thy, uh, to thy word unto thy servant. Hallelujah. Well, uh, I'll just reference this, uh, this scripture, but how many have heard the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness? You know, it's taken from Lamentations, chapter 3. That's after God completely destroyed Jerusalem and sent, the, sent his people into exile. And Jeremiah is saying, Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Have you ever said, I can't take no more? Have you ever said, I can't take any more? Don't ever say that. Have you ever said, I'll never do that? Don't ever say that. You said, I can't take no more. I remember uh, Bishop Hammond's wife, Evelyn, she, she had uh, gone through these tragedies, and she said, God, I just can't take no more. And then she broke her arm. And God told her, don't ever say you can't take anymore because you don't know what you can take. Just, and I don't think God broke her arm. Uh, no. Don't worry. God didn't break her arm. I, even though <laughs> I remember uh, I was tired of the ministry. I'm getting out of here. I'm tired of getting abused. And some of you might remember Chuck, Apostle Chuck Clayton. He said, go ahead and run. He said, God will break both your legs. <laughs> so I thought, well, I'm not going to go. I don't, want, I don't want my legs broken. But, you'll rem- but don't say, I can't take any more. Turn to somebody and say, don't say. I can't take no more. Thank you, Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says this, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. There has no temptation. See, you're not the only one. You're not the only one going through it. You're not the only one that has experienced what you've experienced. There is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not permit you to be tempted above what you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way for you to escape. He will make a way for you to escape. 
First thing, again, is say, I can't, don't ever say, I can't take no more. That's right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me ask you a question. Are you focused on the temptation or you, are you focused on the way out? Are you focused on the temptation? Are you focused on the trouble? Are you focused on the trial? Or are you focused on the way of escape? Because the way of escape might be right there, but because you're focused on the trouble, you can't get out. Thank you, Jesus. How many, how many, this is a question for you. How many times... Has the devil tried to take you out? How many times? Reuben, didn't the devil try to take you out? Just think about Ed in Iraq. You think the devil tried to take you out? I mean, I'm sure there's other people here. I got a, I got a little list of them here of the different times the, uh, the devil tried to take me out. <laughs> one kind of humorous one was my dad had bought me a bicycle for Christmas, and he said, don't ever ride it at night. Well, I was watching a television program, and you know how mothers are. She said, go to the store and buy this, and the, and the store was like 10, 15 minutes away. So I got on my bike at night. And have you ever rode a bike to where you can't get it to go any faster? Well, I was just getting ready to pull into the store parking lot and some anxious elderly people, they're probably in their 40s. <laughs> you know, of course, I'm a, a teen. They put on the gas and they're coming out of that parking lot and they met... We met together, and the next thing I knew, I'm on the top of the car looking down into the windshield. And I thought, there's two people about ready to have a heart attack. <laughs> Do you think God, you said, man, you better get rid of those bicycles. I still have two bicycles. <laughs> But uh, they're, hanging, they're hanging out in my garage. Thank you, Jesus. Something about me and bicycles. Thank you, Jesus. But again, how many times has the enemy tried to take you out? But great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just give you praise and thanks and honor and glory that you are the Lord God. You change not. Lord God, your compassions, they fail not. Your mercies, they fail not. Lord, you are the God of salvation, and that salvation, Lord God, is is becoming a new creature in Christ Jesus, where old things have passed away and all things have become new. Lord, your salvation is, is the mental, is the physical, is the spiritual. So, Lord, we just give you thanks and praise, and we give you honor and glory, and we ask, Father God, for those that need it today, 
Lord God, that they would open their hearts and receive, Lord, of your love, of your compassion, and of your mercy in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask the uh, healing teams to come up.